0: So this is the seventh day, seventh session of questions for Saito Tejaniya from the uh, retreatants at the Vipassana Foundation of Maui on November 22nd, 2016.
1: soon, after one month's stay. And I'm wondering if Saida could speak a little more to <laughs> um, advice uh, upon leaving and maybe uh, some help with uh, facing the outside world. Leave
2: <laughs> it uh, the meditation atau tuajosi ni, tu, waktu ini macam agen tu, last sekali tu, aku pergi diam. Mesti pergi ni ni, pihai, pihabo tu advice ni, ni ni, pihbu, buat
3: apa orang saingo? Tiga, dia tu this is when we are aware, <coughs> we are basically aware of our mental actions, our verbal actions and our bodily actions. <coughs> and of these three, the most important action is our
2: mental ones. And he says if we keep watching the mind and all its actions, he says, we will also notice what's happening in our speech and our body. That's what he did, he says, when he was practicing
3: at home. Just keep watching all the time. Mm-hmm.
2: He says when he started teaching he you know yeah he he would help yogis, he would say, Oh, you know, you can watch this or you can watch that and so on. But in the end he says, really, if you watch your mind all the time, everything will come together. Because everything begins in the mind
3: wanting to speak
2: wanting to do knowing our thoughts he says um and if we have awareness all the time he says then um of, of all this
3: that's happening in the mind he says then the awareness will, will also be continuous when we we ask,
2: what, what is being known, <clears throat> what does awareness know, he says, it also encompasses what's
3: happening in the mind. And, and
2: in the mind, for the purposes of this practice, the most important activity is the awareness.
3: So, um, keeping an eye on that, he found that everything came into that. So that everything um, was known as he was thinking,
2: as he was speaking and doing.
3: He says, that "At home,
2: we have so many things to do. We're so busy that um, that if um, we had a priority on being aware of us in a world." as we did things, he says, then you will find awareness is present and then everything else is known
3: as well.
2: Because when you know awareness, you will know the mind.
3: And
2: through that, you also know what's happening in the body.
3: We just
2: need to do it
3: Every day, and not possible. Possible. And, um, and noticing
2: day to day that although the awareness is not perfect, that there are benefits from it. And that
3: inspires the mind to keep, motivates the mind to keep going. the mind to keep going
2: the more we see the benefits of the moments of awareness and how when we are not aware, you know, there are fallouts from moments of non-awareness. And if we notice these pieces, it it motivates us to remain aware. Because even if we make mistakes when we are aware, we have the chance to learn.
3: So just keep
2: doing
3: it, he says, That's all. <laughs> yeah. Wanting to you, wanting told you, I told is is sadha, is you, right. is told
2: you, Being able to be with the dharma, being able to practice, that's
3: samadhi.
2: And actually being able to practice, actually practicing, that's awareness. And what keeps it going is right effort
3: what keeps you practicing is right effort. And knowing how to practice is wisdom.
2: And the more we gather these pieces of wisdom of how to practice, he says the easier the practice becomes.
3: We, we experience
2: some of these benefits ourselves and he says it can only get better. He can't even describe to you <laughs> <Only money. laughs> Because it's words are not enough to explain.
3: But when we experience
2: it
3: we, we truly understand that the Dharma is is good. Okay. Now, so So, we do these little
2: exercises and talking meditation in, on this retreat. Um, on and off the, you know, campus, (laughs) so to speak, but he says we need to keep doing it at, at home to be aware whenever we speak or be not aware after we speak or before we speak whenever we can.
3: Hmm.
4: I was just wondering. Uh, uh, Burma, for many years, was was ruled by a military um, regime, yeah. and uh, I was wondering if I had any advice for peace-loving Buddhists uh, facing an
2: authoritarian <coughs> fascist. Government. Facing what? An uh, authoritarian mm. or fascist mm. government. Mm. Mm.
3: Soya, soya,
2: ma. Sik suyao ma. chicken, suyao ma. You di lu Um Oh, what Pass it, po. Pass it. What is it, no? Yes, that's it. Jayapeo chok. lu Authoritarian surah. Uh, <that> uh, so a pause bo- o- a main, uh, pah- a
3: people, I will, a soya will. A a
2: whole, a soya machine, a pause here, and a chop Yes, I lunch ตังเฮียอ่ะพุงนี่ไม่เล่าออกคือโบ้งเนี่ยเราตกเว้ยตะอถ่ายเนี่ยตัวก็ไหนพุงมันเล่าอยู่ก็โบ้งเนี่ยโบ้งนี่ก็ไม่เล่าตัวก็บอก I'm happy,
3: I'm a
2: dealer.
3: i a but I'm I'm
2: Everything is cause and effect. So, he says for the monks, there's nothing to do. Monks are not supposed to get involved in politics, so they meditate. <laughs> Hopefully, their aura or their good vibrations are, you know, uh, have far-reaching effects. He says he doesn't know if the Burmese are peace-loving buddies. It seems like they like making a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> and he says in fact that very few people truly understand the the meaning inside Buddhism the meaning within the Buddha's teachings and he says if we're facing a difficult situation like that he says you have to see whether you're in a position to act or speak or not. And when it's not possible, sometimes you have to wait for the right time. Because many things must come together. Not just um, your personal ability and resources, or or group resources, or group think and group um, agreement, but sometimes you also have to wait for time and circumstance. <laughs>
3: He
2: says, when the right conditions come together, he says, you see, people get together and vote, and surprising things can happen, you know. In Burma, there was a surprise. Here, there was a surprise. So, I mean, when the right conditions come
3: together.
2: In the meanwhile, there was a monk who became a terrorist, apparently.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: He was featured on Time magazine. Oh. I suppose he was not monk of the
3: year.
2: So really, She says, a lot of people profess religion, but those who tr- truly understand the meaning within their faiths are few.
3: Yeah. He says Burma
2: has gone through a lot of turmoil, you know. They have gone through their fair share of killing indiscriminately, you know, um nineteen eighty eight was a horrifying year. And, you know, in in the recent past there have been clashes with monks and so on. Yeah, maybe. Buddhist country with its fair share of worldly violence. Mm. Mm. Can anyone speak?
5: Yeah, sure.
6: Um, so, something that has come up a few times in the retreat and discussions and instructions is, or what I understand to be knowing your awareness, and the object, so, so being aware of your awareness and the object, mm-hmm. and that's something that I don't understand, um, and haven't experienced, or if I have, I haven't recognized it as that, um, and I guess a few times I've tried to direct my awareness towards the awareness of the object, but I find what happens when I do that is, whatever object I was aware of before, just falls away, and then I have the thought I'm aware, mm. and then that's not, doesn't seem to me to be awareness of yeah. awareness, is that clear? So, i just, I'm wondering if there's a, if Sido could maybe explain a reflection or a way to try and see the awareness, or if that's not the right approach, it's just
2: to let it progress to the mm. right conceit. see. Um. The ทาราออกเปียนตีแล้ว तू the น้ําမလဲ to ပဲ oretic तू တခါတလေดนิดทาราကို to တိမို့ချိုးစားရင်းเนี่ย तू อ่ะအမ်တိစီအောင်မတိတော့ပဲနဲ့ तू တိနေရလို့ထင်နေ तू တိနေရလို့စဉ်းစားတဲ့အတွေ့ပဲနဲ့
3: to no not to um uh, to sure. there is no need to
2: Look for awareness of awareness. Um, no need to look for the awareness. Basically, um, it doesn't get in the way of our understanding things and all that. And says, "But as we practice over the years, says, and awareness becomes more continuous."
3: When the
2: awareness is more continuous and strong enough, of says, you will naturally... Get attuned to it, like you will notice what it is, what he's talking about. You know? Um, there are people who see it sooner, see it, some people see it later, some people
3: might see it.
2: And you may not see it all the time. You might get glimpses into it and then not. It's okay.
3: Just, so, you
2: know, different states of mind and sometimes you might, you might clue into
3: it. Do you, do
2: you know that you're paying attention?
6: Well, I, yes, yes, I do. Think? But It still just seems like one, one awareness i failing to see how the
3: leader could work paying attention is going That's enough, he said.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what the linker could be younger as <laughs> well. Oh, oh
3: more, more, more more. Recognize the awareness oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, you just have to recognize
3: that awareness is doing work. awareness of awareness you that they it like low up Yeah, he
2: says he talks about it but it's not something that we should try to do or have. Recognize
3: the awareness so yeah. If
2: we
3: recognize awareness is doing work, that's enough. That's exactly what he's
2: talking
3: about. All. Yeah. Dumb, eh? yeah.
2: So words, you know. All the things we use to describe these things, sometimes the words cause confusion. Some people
3: are like okay with the words, they're like this is what it means to me, and other people are like, what the hell does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um. Um, people think of this, you know, being, recognizing the awareness as sort of being like watching the body. They think that, you know, if they put their attention to it, they'll just know it. But it's maybe a little more subtle. It's more just an understanding that you know the awareness. Yeah, that you know you're being
3: aware. awareness, awareness is to recognize people.
2: Eventually, it will feel like you know you're aware as you're doing things. You know, you know awareness is present. You know you're conscious, um, and then it will, that will feel more
3: like. people. awareness of uh, recognize awareness. Object of the
2: that, then you'll feel more like that's where you're always um, coming from.
3: And then you're less involved in your experience because you're always conscious that that you're conscious. Because you step back, you step 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 back, back, step back, step back, you you back, step back, step back, 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 to
2: step
3: back, step back,
2: Often uses the expression step back. And there's two ways of stepping back, Sierra says. Sometimes people are focused too much, have too much focus, and it's just step back or step away. And that's like reducing their focus. And when they reduce their focusing, their energy and the focusing, it feels like you've stepped away from the object because you are not dived into it. Right? So you step back. That's one way. The other way, Sierra says, is when you're conscious when you know that you're conscious. And that can also feel like a distancing from what you're mm-hmm. conscious of. That's good mm-hmm. when it happens.
1: I feel uh, asking question, where is awareness now? What uh, is the mind aware of? It's very helpful so another question is about fear so how come uh, the practice would help us become fearless of death I read because I read one Zen story um, this monk when he was young the bandit came to the temple and they told him give us the Uh, on the possessions of we will kill you. And so he just gave his neck and told them, go ahead, just kill me. And so the bandit left. But then later when he became ill and he was about to die, he just kept telling, I'm scared, I'm scared. And so his students asked him, how come when you were, were young, the bandits came and you were not scared? But now you are old and you are so scared. And he said, Well, because now I know more, so I'm scared. <laughs> so is it possible? But <coughs> if we keep practicing, when death comes, you won't be scared.
2: The deep tie, the deep machine, the deep thing, may talk to you. ตัวรู้ตัวเองแหละที่อัฐมุอัฐมุถึงแก่ตะเต๊ะบักเเทเจนต์เดียวมาจอกแต่สိတ်แน่ยินสั่ง Zen story to coffee there แล้วไอ้มาพ่อนี้ตะบาตูเงเงลงอ่ะแหละตู่พ่อนี้เจ้า to อัตจีกว่า to take anima to นี้มาตุยอมเลยแหละ the ตัวโกแก่มา I think one
3: womanцев would even more lucky. Even a woman should have been coming. I don't know why she had to go in there. There is a place to a person like me. She doesn't remember if not So that
2: she
3: Chan vale but she doesn't... he won't even So, apparently the Buddha said in one of the suttas that if we
2: practice in the Satipatthana
3: sutta,
2: it says that if we practice the Satipatthana, as in the Satipatthana sutta, that we will become free of worry, anxiety, regret,
3: dukkha,
2: (laughs) suffering, and
3: anger dominasa, you know uh So these are the benefits of practicing Satipatthana um, um, well
2: these are the results of successful practice um, in uh, of the Satipatthana Sutta. So it means that you,
3: know, you understand
2: stand what needs
3: to be understood. <inaudible> so it all, depends <inaudible> on,
2: <inaudible> it all depends on what we end up understanding, right? Do we, I don't know, do we understand the principles of impermanence, impersonality, what's one? Unsatisfactoriness. <laughs>
3: A In the end, what removes fear is right understanding. Yeah. He doesn't know in the Zen story in what
2: sense. The old monk was afraid. He said, if he, "If he was supposed to be a wise monk, and you know, um, he supposes that what he spoke of as fear may not be the fear of, um, of like anxiety or personal fear. He doesn't know what the story is about."
3: There's a little, There's a little um, verse in Burmese. It says that when you don't know, you're headed to
2: the cemetery, to the grave, which signifies a repeated rebirth, like life after life, so samsara. If you don't know you're headed to samsara. But if you know, then you're headed to nirvana. So, mm-hmm. And so that's the difference between having um, awareness of consciousness versus not having awareness
1: of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel that like even though we have the wisdom, understanding cause and effect, but still we don't like be cut by the knife. We uh-huh. I mean, got cut like, when I when I cook. I don't want <laughs> My fingers think to be cut off by the knife. Because you know that if you cut, it will be painful. Cause and effect. Is
2: that right? To be honest, I just don't know the Malay. you? are you ever see Whenever
3: we find that
2: a certain understanding does not free us of the fear of another level of whatever. Like, you say you understand cause and effect, but it doesn't remove your fear of cutting yourself with a knife. Seattle says what it signifies is that you don't understand enough. And then you have to give yourself another question is what? Is, what is it that I do not understand? Just because you don't,
3: just because you don't understand it yet, I mean, you know,
2: it doesn't mean you stop practicing, right? You have to keep practicing because that's the way to grow that, grow your understanding, What whatever needs to be grown.
4: Um, i like to ask the side of, about a particular type of thinking. Um, having a conversation with somebody while you're meditating. Yeah. And this is like a, a long-time habit of mine. But
2: having a conversation with someone while you're sitting in meditation. Yes, okay. um, but they don't answer
4: back, so I don't yeah. have a sort of personality. Or like that. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, sometimes it's easy. It is like, I think it's mostly a habit of mind, and sometimes it's really clear what's going on. You're like, I'm so angry at you. No, no. But other times it seems like that kind of thinking. You're almost trying to like run the idea past the other person. You're trying to like analyze the idea. Just, you know? You're trying to kind of think about it more by reflecting it off the other person. But when it goes on and on and on and on, it gets very tiring. And is there any um, advice he has besides just Noting that you're doing this, and what your reaction is to the fact
2: that you're doing it. What I The idea, bro, Dia people will Just need to know that you you you're
3: still aware.
2: And no, that no that
3: You
2: know
3: me yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But you do know that you're not talking to another person. It's just a mental construct, you know? Yes. That? Yes. yes, so that's another activity in the mind. So you recognize that, you know, your mind is doing this. Yes, yeah.
3: that's I,
2: all. again. Hey, well,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. In this moment, too. In this
2: moment, yeah.
3: And I think that's <laughs> what yeah. we're living. And I think that's what we're living. Yeah, the mind has monologues and dialogues, and we need to know them, yeah, and know
2: that we, yes, yeah, not be lost
3: in them. I think that's what we're living in you know, this mind is the student, and this mind is the teacher. I know. It I yeah. He, he says, says, we start with theoretical information, we put it into practice, we practice,
2: practice, practice, we understand something, we're like, oh, we realize this, oh, this is, and then whatever we realize, we put it back into the practice, we apply it, and then we continue, we realize something more, we, we, uh, we, feed it back into the practice, we think about it, we 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 weigh, you know, the way the practice is going. And you know, it's always mm-hmm. this there's the interaction of these three types of wisdom and um, and he said um, mm-hmm.
3: Oh yes
2: and of course the the realizations you know the, that come from the practice. Um, those
3: are the teachers. That's
2: that's the the true teacher. But um, and then that teacher feeds back into the practice, and then we are the student again. And then we continue to to learn and study and observe, and maybe we have another realization.
3: And
2: that's how we grow the wisdom because we have small realizations after the other, and they expand our knowledge and our understanding.
4: And sometimes having a dialogue with yourself is how you're expanding your understanding. Sometimes having Having a dialogue with yourself and your mind is how you're expanding your understanding.
2: Sometimes it can, right? Sometimes you do come to realizations when you hold a conversation
3: with yourself and you think differently. And sometimes you see, aha, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We call that reflection, right?
2: Wise reflection. Could put it in that category. (laughs) Sometimes it causes, sometimes there is unwise reflection you know because you start getting confused. (laughs) (laughs) Then we should stop.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because
2: we can't believe everything the mind thinks it's realized. We always have to check whether it's still valid in every
3: situation.
2: He says, wisdom is is very um, discerning. It always checks. It doesn't just believe. Even like something, like it's so called itself, like it's, <laughs> it thinks it's realized something and it always check to make sure
3: that it's, yeah. And he says, Wisdom knows. <laughs> so, the, the
2: idea of wisdom, the idea that wisdom holds that is that it needs to know the truth. That's how wisdom operates, it doesn't just believe.
7: Yes. I um, also found the talking and listening uh, exercise this morning very interesting, challenging and interesting. Uh, one of the places where I was caught or, or most curious was that moment after we'd spoken and then we take a minute to, to just sit. Yes. And uh, what I... I'd, I recognized with my partner what he was doing was going back inside and reflecting Mm -hmm. before speaking again. And what I recognize I tend to do is to continue to lean in Mm -hmm. and even as I'm expressing myself and even as I take a moment to to pause before I speak I'm still engaging. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering in Coming back to, to life outside, uh, t- taking that moment to go back inside in yeah. the middle of a conversation may seem a little strange. I understand the value yeah. of it, yeah. but uh, what, what does Saidaard recommend in terms of how to use that space, and can you talk a bit more about that process? <laughs> I was going to say something flippant but I think I will hold myself. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say you've become really good at pretending. <laughs> at pretending. <laughs> to lean forward and engage but be looking inside. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that's a that's, that's a strategy, yeah.
2: That's yeah. <laughs> a strategy. You're not going to go to a place but you're not going to go to a place but you I'm going to go to a Sure, I met the Maho. me... I you. <laughs> yeah. He says initially it will seem odd because we're not good at doing that pretending. Um, well, sort of like we... we we're learning the skill of balancing the the being engaged with the being aware,
5: mm-hmm.
2: um, and he says, and you'll have some hiccups, but eventually it will balance out, and you will it will become a habit that you are internally aware, but then you're engaging, speaking, or listening, or silent.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: All we need to do is uh, persevere in, in maintaining as much awareness
3: experience as we can. and a right.
2: And each interaction will teach us a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll find it. It becomes really useful to be internally aware as we interact. <laughs> It's very interesting because you'll see how different our minds are, how, how the mind reacts differently in different situations because of its different uh, beliefs, judgments, ideas, persons,
3: situations. <coughs> you know, so many things that come. It's interesting. <coughs> you You may or may not have noticed that this morning Seattle gave us um, increasing uh, lengths of time to speak.
2: The silent period was the same, but we started with one minute of speaking, it became a, a minute and a half, and then two minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and Sierra definitely noticed that the more, the longer we spoke, the more we seemed to get into the conversation. Um, <laughs>
3: well, time, time, you're believe in the audience. He
2: says mm-hmm. when he would call time, <laughs> he felt like he needed to say it more. <laughs> the, the longer the conversation went, The louder
3: he had to call out to get our attention. (laughs) How (laughs) many louds are
2: you? And if if he let us speak for five minutes, he said that would become very, very
3: obvious.
2: (laughs) What we speak about, like what comes to our mind and then we choose to talk about, he says, that also feeds into whether we can maintain more mindfulness or not. He says when we talk about things that are personal, we start talking about ourselves or our mm-hmm. beliefs or our ideas, something we're passionate about. Uh, we get much more involved in the conversation and less aware.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if it's something more neutral, mm-hmm. we,
3: we, have, we maintain much more awareness. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: We can't avoid speaking in life, in really, in
3: life. So, this is a great skill to develop.
2: We are much more mindful when we speak to
3: strangers.
2: <laughs> but we are so mindless when we speak with our
3: family. <laughs> That's
2: why we have more suffering... In our relationships
3: with our families.
2: <laughs> so we cause ourselves the greater suffering in our relationships, in the way we relate to our.
3: Other
2: people we meet once in a while, so they actually don't have that much opportunity
3: to be uh, the trigger for our causing ourselves suffering
2: But we see our family every day, um, very often during the
3: day, and we are not mindful, so there is more suffering. We see our family every day, very often during the day, and we are not mindful, so there is more suffering.
2: When he was working, when he was practicing at home, he says, in his business environment, he had no choice. He had to speak with his customers and all that. He found he spoke more when he was not at home. When he went home, he found he had nothing to say much. He would be silent a lot and practice it and, you know, be
3: mindful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and when he, when he found something was important to say, then he would say it. Otherwise, he chose
3: not to say mm.
2: And because he only chose to speak when it was important, um, his role in the family changed from the bad <coughs> black sheep to somebody that people would listen to if he opened his mouth mm. because he must have something useful to say. <laughs> He used to be the
5: one
3: who lied the most at home. <laughs> 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 so really,
2: what he wants to say? What he wants to say is that we should be most mindful as an act of kindness to ourselves. And to our families, we should be most mindful when we are with our family members. But we do the opposite. He would like us to remember now, from now on, to please be mindful, most mindful. It's very
3: important, he said. We see them every day.
2: If we see someone every day and things are not working out, if we're truly using our wisdom and our mindfulness, surely we will find a way to make things work better. We have so many opportunities to learn. If we are learning, things should be getting better and better.
3: Some of the yeah. When he was practicing at home and when he, you
5: know,
3: when he started this right speech practice, <coughs> um, no idle chatter and so on, he
2: was so silent at home, his aunt and his sister-in-law, he was also the one who went around teasing everybody, he would tease them, play pranks on them, all the time, and suddenly he became this silent person in the house who did nothing to annoy anyone, and his aunt and his sister-in-law thought he'd gone mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They did they they were
3: not so much into meditation. His whole family, his brothers and sisters, they were into meditation. So they knew what he was doing mm-hmm. and they weren't worried but yeah, his sister in law and all they were not too enamored with changing. Know, know. And
2: and when they would, you know, sort of say things to him I won't say insult, you know, but they would like say, What's wrong with you? you know, you've gone mad, you know, this guy, you
3: know. Yeah.
2: They would say it behind his back, but he would hear <laughs> <laughs> But he he says he didn't feel annoyed with them or hurt or um or angry because he understood that from their perspective they would not be able to understand from his perspective he could see their perspective and his perspective his was valid and he was going to continue theirs was valid for them
3: you know and he wasn't angry mm. yeah, he says they only saw the six he saw go you
2: had
3: nine. But slowly he learned, he says, you
2: know, initially he was a bit extreme, and slowly he learned to balance out
3: mm-hmm.
2: and say what was necessary.
3: But well.
2: he feels that practice always does bring us to extremes. You know, we, we get to extremes, we realize the error in the extremes, and then we learn to balance back. To
3: the middle way. Uh, middle way is a little extreme, way, yeah. Mm.
2: Because to understand the middle way, he says we have to understand what is extreme. Mm.
8: Mm-hmm.
9: Yes? Yeah. Uh, Sayana, so, uh, the other day you had given me the instruction to um, spend the retreat practicing open awareness. Mm-hmm. And um, in doing that, I observed many, many defilements, and I'd spoken to you about that. But I didn't tell you the whole truth. Uh The truth is that at the end of that day, though I was really quite aware of what my mind was doing with respect to aversion and desire mm-hmm. um, in the washing machine mind. I was in such pain mm-hmm. in my mind that I came in and I sat down and I said I'm going to go into samadhi I need a break. I am so tired. Mm-hmm. Just in such pain. Okay. Oh, and exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I I Went it your kitchen and sat down and there it was my friend lovely mm-hmm. and I wasn't but a few moments into it when I realized I had been using samadhi for years as a cave
5: mm-hmm.
9: Mm-hmm. it has kept me protected from being able to actually see the defilements in my mind mm-hmm. that are there And in that, not being able to work with them in a helpful way. And I'm telling you this because I found it instructive to see how unskillfully I had been using samadhi in order to hide and um, protect myself from... uh,
2: Really growing in the Dharma. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my confession. <laughs> so I feel so I learned from the experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to go to to the not time time,
5: time
2: or sickle the Mardi will like the Effective, effect effective เดน and ตรู it through น่ะ तू ไม่ลงน่ะว่าสรุปตรูสิ to a ละจ้ะ तू อ่ะ a เดี๋ยวกูจะลงโต้งโตอต้องปื้ออ้ายเนี่ยก็ทาสาว่าสิทธิ์กินยังมั้ยนี่ดิเด้สิทธิ์ก็หลบชามบ่เป็น <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
3: that's great, Seada yeah, because
2: you have used every opportunity to learn, whether in open awareness or using samadhi, um, you know, doing a sip. Is, you
3: have learned from every situation. That's... the motivation of Samadhi.
2: He said, right, on on day one, what is our objective? What is our goal in meditation? And if the goal is to grow in our understanding, then we will grow from all our experiences. But if our goal is just to be quiet and peaceful, he says, then that's all we'll get. (coughs)
3: No, no,
2: no,
3: no. <coughs> and
2: if you recall, the storytelling yesterday, you remember he 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 talks about using a combination of um, samadhi exercises and mindfulness during the day. He says it's useful to do that because if we open the mind all day long, it can be very painful and tiring. So we need to use samadhi wisely to support mindfulness. So we're not just like an open book all the time, but always strengthening the mind so that it can deal with the open book when it needs to. (coughs) But remember... The purpose of samadhi is not to hide. The purpose of samadhi is to strengthen the mind so that it can deal with, to use the samadhi to deal with what open awareness brings to us.
3: Mm -hmm. In
2: in the initial phase of practicing, Seattle says, we don't have that much wisdom. And so, although we bring in intellectual right view and right attitude and all that sort of thing, it's not always available to us. Although we remind ourselves and so on, and samadhi can be a real um, help in helping in, in strengthening the mind so that it can um, continue to be mindful and not tire out. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, go yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. okay. yeah, no? on.
2: Yeah,
7: I yes. I was wondering if uh, Saidan has uh, any suggestions on working with uh, mana and particularly around comparing and judging, especially for subtle forms of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, subtle so, forms such as. Well, just comparing and judging, having comparing mind and judging. Okay. Um, So when when I see it, which is pretty often I'll I'll try to be aware of it and notice it mm-hmm. and have right view. Okay. Is there are there any other skillful ways yeah. to, to work with
2: that? the No. This is this is that's
3: all you need to do. Just persevere. To, to, to notice
2: and, and keep an eye on it every time you notice it. Um, and reminding yourself that this is the mind and this is the nature of mana that you're uh, learning about.
3: In time, in, time,
2: in time, the mind will learn all it needs to about um, mana, its manifestations,
3: its um, consequences, right? And and it, it will choose its way. And
2: slowly the duration and intensity of these episodes... Um, will become less as we learn the lesson.
8: So, I uh, picking up on something that Sarah said uh, a few days ago. I wondered a lot about. The moment when you wake up in the morning to be aware, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actively—I know this would both be, be shocking to him. I actively remember and write down dreams. Okay. So I'm wondering if there are. Um, Buddhist teachings on the nature of that mind that that shows up, you know, that you notice right when you wake up. And I I could say, well, is it just all this big elaborate mental formation, um, or is there something else in the in the content? that points to some other level of understand that could point to some other level of understanding of reality.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what do you mean point to some other level of understanding? So not another reality, it's another level of understanding of reality. Correct. Okay, okay, right. Okay, now I got it. Um, no a No so, a
3: metama, um, go the Ditami, a metama, the Bawati, a child, the level. See the wall. 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 See the
2: Yes, we can learn, learn something from our dreams. Uh, first thing being is that, first thing being that dreams are also the mind at work. And because when we are asleep, the mind is not guarded, um, dreams are a more open and um, unfiltered unfiltered, um, like revelation of what goes on in the mind and sometimes we can learn lessons
3: um, from what our dreams present to us or sometimes the lesson comes in the dream yeah,
1: yeah.
3: I think no, Mammy. Take low
2: before he got before he began to practice continuously at home, way uh, when he was younger and all. His teacher had said to him once, um, you know, when as as when being continuously mindful, also try to take uh to notice um, what's the last thing that happens in the mind before you fall asleep and what's the first thing that happens in the mind when you wake up? And um, <clears throat> of course he says trying to find out, he never did. Because when he tried too hard, he couldn't fall asleep. And then when he would relax uh, the awareness so that he wouldn't be so awake, uh, then he would just fall asleep without really knowing what what the last moment was. Um, And it wasn't until years later when he was being continuously mindful at home and when the momentum sort of... uh, When he gained momentum in his awareness... And without really trying, he says, because of the continuity of the, of the moment of the awareness that he just noticed, that he would know what the mind last thought or whatever was before the mind like, dropped into sleep, and and how the mind would wake up. You know, he would notice that like, you would wake up in a very subtle way. It wasn't just like a thump, or you know, it would like. And um, he also saw dreams change like his mind go from dream states into the waking state and he saw clearly how dream, you know in in the dream the, there's a visual going on and then as he woke up the same story went on but then it turned into chattering thoughts. So then it was so clear to him that dreams are just also the thinking mind.
3: Alarm baby Alarm. No You all have alarms to wake up to. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you have any alarms to wake up in the morning? No, <coughs> no, Do you awaken because of the alarm, or do you hear the alarm because you are awake? Mm-hmm. Does the alarm wake you up?
3: Because of hearing. You can wake up, or because I wake up, you can hear.
5: <laughs>
0: you know, during the day, we're practicing to remember, to recognize the present moment, and be mindful. Yes. And that, that quality of Remembering to recognize, you know, just remembering, remembering, uh, is the impersonal quality, capacity of the mind that can be trained. Yeah. And so we train in it. But when we go to sleep in the evening, uh, whenever we go to sleep, mindfulness doesn't go to sleep. There's a training in the mind. Something else goes to sleep. So what goes to sleep, because My experience is when I dream, sometimes when I dream, my mom retreats, I'm more mindful in my dream. I'm more aware of what's going on in the dream. I'm aware that I am, not necessarily that I'm dreaming, but I'm aware…
2: It's like you're being mindful in your dream. Yeah. Whatever
0: object. So if, if mindfulness doesn't sleep,
3: what falls asleep? Mm. By your Super Superficial level. Gross <laughs> level. level. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Genesis, if he is to speak from his experience, the mind has uh, several layers of activity, and there's a the gross layers of activity and the subtle layers of activity. And his experience is that the subtle layers never go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. The the process,
2: so if you, if you train your awareness so that it becomes a subtle level of activity, i.e. it has become a habit of the mind, he says, yes, mindfulness will not go to sleep. The gross layers will go to sleep. <coughs> the theory. Theory.
3: Yeah, there is one
2: mm-hmm. thing, though, that in the dream, in dreams, even if we've trained mindfulness and there is mindfulness in the dream, <coughs> wisdom will not be as strong in the dreams as when we are awake.
3: <coughs> there can be the mindfulness, but not as
2: much
3: wisdom as when we are awake. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah.
2: because sleep is a state where... Um, up. delusion reigns mm. your unconscious <laughs> yeah so <laughs> and so although mindfulness can function when it's been trained and there's momentum in mindfulness so it simply awakens when there are objects to be known i.e. thinking mind, right, which is the dream um, but because of the heavy presence of delusion wisdom mm. is much weaker in the
0: <coughs> but I, I also remember in when my momentum of practice was very stronger uh, that <coughs> if I was dreaming and I was going to break a precept, yeah. I'd wake up.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would <laughs> wake myself up and say, like, don't do that." Yeah. He said, "Generally, yeah, generally
2: it's weaker, um, yeah. but again, if wisdom comes in."
3: you see it snaps you out of the delusion so you wake up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says
2: this is how we're falling asleep
3: there's the five senses physical and then the mind sense door
2: so when we're awake we know all these six senses clearly as we fall, as we begin falling asleep, it's like the five senses get further and further
3: away. Right.
2: What becomes clear is the state of mind. Like quietness or whatever. Or a lot of thoughts start to become
3: five senses.
2: We don't know the five senses anymore. We can't feel our body and all that anymore. We're starting to fall asleep.
3: Knowing a dynamic.
2: And when we start to wake up, it's the same thing.
3: As we wake, wake up, up <coughs>
2: as the mind awakens, the first thing it knows is, is
3: mind, the mind, it's itself.
2: It feels mm-hmm. its state of mind first, and
3: the five senses are away. It. <laughs>
2: and then as the mind awakens more and more, it feels like the five senses become, you know, more and more integrated with our...
3: Knowing and then after a while we know everything equally.
2: That's why he says if we have samadhi it's easier to fall asleep because samadhi quietens
3: the mind. When we're quiet it's easier to know the mind. And then it's easy to fall asleep. Mm. Yeah.
2: And we also see uh, a similar thing happening for yogis in sitting meditation. That when they um, get uh, concentrated enough, and then they are very close to, close to, as in like um, up close, you know, to Obcha the mind mandiru. itself. Right? They're they're very. Um, in touch with the state of mind and all, and because of the, the amount of samadhi they have, they become so absorbed in the mind, that they the minds, the, the rest of the five senses are forgotten. And then they can have experiences of like, the body has disappeared. Simply because the mind is just only knowing the mind at that time. And, so, my so,
3: are you pure, are you
2: and if yogis either don't have the knowledge, uh, you know, the information about what is happening, or they don't recognize that the mind is just the mind because then they you know, they think the body has really disappeared, some people kind of freak out
3: Um, yeah, but it's sometimes they
2: think there is nothing to observe anymore, no objects there's nothing to know, there's only awareness these are the things that yogis
3: yeah. But actually, it's just that the mind is re- the
2: awareness is just really knowing the mind. But they don't see the mind. They don't realize this is the object, the mind. And they can't access any of the physical senses it. It's quiet. Very little, little thoughts. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Yeah, all these qualities of mine are present, and these are objects. If the yogi
3: has the information, they will know these are. This is what is being known. Yeah.
2: But if yogis don't have this information, what they then do is try to find their familiar objects. It's like I have no more objects. Where is it? And they try to go back to what they are familiar mm-hmm. with
3: instead of seeing what is already there. The a and others were Drugs ileет, the suffering that to one time, he says he was angry in his dream, and here, when
2: he, he was as he was awakening, he says he felt like the the energy of the the anger was you know the suffering of the energy was enveloping him, and he felt that energy very strongly. It was very un, unpleasant, and um, but he was just. Sort of aware of that, uh, not judging it or anything, and then he, you know, kept being aware of the process of awakening. And when he woke up completely, he says, "And the mind had taken into, um, you know, taken all the other senses in." He said, "Then that, that energy which seemed to envelop him became a tiny little
3: nothing, -hmm. like very little energy." He says, and the reason he can tell you so much about sleeping is because he was a lazy yogi, and he likes to lie down and meditate a lot. He asked his teacher, he says, can we lie down and meditate? And his teacher says,
2: yes
3: so that he would just do it all day long. He says, and what happens when you lie down and meditate a lot is, you know, the mind gets heavier and heavier. um, The awareness is not so strong and
2: he, the imagination starts to really get a hold of you. So he was having all sorts of, of um, you know, st- movies and stuff playing in his head. And he, and when he went to report to his teacher about you know his meditation, he was telling him all these stories that he'd been watching. <laughs> and his his teacher said how are you practicing his
3: teacher said he's like i've been lying down and practicing <laughs> his teacher was like go, go go and sit in the meditation hall by the way those body mind and relationship <laughs> but the idea yeah. that effort will appear
2: lying
3: down effort lower machine to jump lying down that your effortยัง 高เลยสิงมา lower
2: because the way we hold our body it gives some energy to the mind or takes away from it. So when we're sitting up, we, when we're standing, we have the most energy. you know. And then when we're sitting down, a little less energy. Um, when we are leaning back in support, a little less. And when we're lying down, Siyama uh, says, there really there's no support given to the mind by the body at all. Um, so he says the time to do lying meditation is when you feel like the mind is really strong and alert.
3: Then you, you won't just fall asleep or... <laughs> so
2: we have to also learn to adjust, you know, what posture we take to keep us, our mindfulness at the optimal rate, state. So but remember every time you lie down, meditate. <laughs> yes. So um, I had a
8: request for Saidao. Um, the speaking exercise today was very helpful. Yeah. And I think you told me that at some other retreats, Saidao helped people something similar with electronic devices?
2: Yes. The mm-hmm. other used to, used to, well, even he still does, have Wi-Fi in his room in Burma. And before Burma had mobile data, um, the Yogi's only way of connecting to the internet was to come to Seattle's room once a day. And he had an open session, I think 89 in the morning, when
1: people
2: would come
3: and sit in his room, and everybody would use their devices mindfully. So, I would love to try that.
1: Sir, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> <laughs> says, anytime you use your device be mindful... Yeah, but
3: the, the way we set it up this morning, of, like with the bell. Yeah.
2: Oh. Oh. Yeah, sure. he, he can, he can do that for you. No
3: problem. And could we bring, bring all your devices tomorrow? Yeah. We have
2: he thinks it's probably more easy to be mindful
3: with the device than to be mindful when talking. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Depends.
3: Depends. Yeah. mo <laughs> okay. konga
2: sure, the last... Um, Slot will be for the device.
3: Holding you like that.
2: So bring your devices
4: tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. I thought. He thought I he meant the last day. Now so many lah. Now so a change. To change mala.
2: do must change. So copy up be To change phone people. If you are not ready, yeah. Yeah, we can do it tomorrow.
3: Okay, see you.